here in the mid-century palace of Felicia Michaels. Wow. It's pretty gorgeous and postmodern in here. I love it. Um, well, thank you. Thank you very much. Have you always been into the 1950s thing? Uh, this is more early 60s and pretty much, yeah, since I was uh, like in my early 20s, I always liked old things, you know, like I like the way uh, things feel, like e even wood nowadays, you can buy a really nice piece of furniture, but it just feels like shit, you know? Yeah, because it might have like chemicals in it, uh, polycarbons, as yeah. opposed to the sweat of the wood maker. Right. <laughs> yeah, I like go. old things. Yeah. You can tell by who I married. Yeah. Anyway... <laughs> Um, it's amazing that we haven't met and spent more time together and all that. I know. Our lives have kind of paralleled in some ways, and I've known of you for years. And... Me too. You were the other woman who was dumb enough to marry her manager. Right. <laughs> Although, you know what? My ex-husband never managed me. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. He was always like, no... No, it wouldn't be right if I helped you with your career. I know, I know, I know. They do that. They do that. What is that? Yeah, it, it, people won't think I have integrity if I help you get work. That's exactly. Right, right. And then it's like, oh, yeah, because there's yeah. never any nepotism in Hollywood. When I was first dating my ex-husband, and this is, I think we had just moved in together, and he was booking some club in Texas. And um, and I was like, hey, can you get me into that club in Texas? And he's like, well, you know, uh, I, you know, it just, uh, I, you know, then people won't think I have integrity. And I, and I was like, no, no, I don't have to headline. Just book me in as a middle. And and we were driving in my sports car at the time because I had just won Star Search, right, or something. Or I was just starting to do good, right? And he was an assistant, and he was driving my car. And I was in the middle, I was like on Beverly in La Cienega because they have like some kind of Rexall big drugstore there. And I was like, look at this motherfucker. And I got out of the car, and I went to the drugstore and left him in traffic because I was just like, done with you. He was driving, you know. And then I was looking at a hair conditioner because we both look like a couple of hair whores, you know what I mean? Yes. Like we I, need maintenance. Right. Yeah. And he was like, I can't believe you. We're on the verge of breaking up and you're looking at hair conditioner. <laughs> I was like, that's right, motherfucker. It's called being a female. Yeah, that's right. That's my priority yeah. right now. Yeah. Good Lord. Yeah. Who else is going to make me soft, shiny, and manageable? Right. Not you. I know. But I, he, I was actually uh, uh, his boss's client, and then I introduced him to my manager at the time, and then that's how he actually eventually got hired into that management office. Oh. And that's how that came to be. Oh, see, yeah. we had a totally different dynamic because when I got to New York, I mean, I was full of myself and felt like I had already made it because I'd done television in Australia, which is... Uh -huh. Oh, you did? Yeah, yeah. Which is about as, you know, impressive as having done television in Canada. But less hey, so. but if you're in Australia or in Canada and you've done television, it's got to feel pretty sweet. Well, you know, I was a big fish in a small pond for a while right. there. And then when I got to New York, I was like, see, I'm huge. Right. But, I, you know, literally. I mean, I was like walking into the clubs, just yeah. walking my tape in oh, yeah. and being like, hi, I'm really funny. Could you put me on stage? Right. And they're like, who the fuck are you? Like, I just was like, can I just come in here and get yeah, on? You have to start new. Yeah. Right. So, and he was like, well, everyone had heard of him, uh -huh. you know, already. He already had like a lot of years in the business. and Yeah. And so it was a little bit of a different 
dynamic. Right. It's very, when you're with someone and you're the creative person, and uh, and by the way, I will say that uh, showbiz managers, as far as comedians that manage for comedians, I think they're creative. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, Definitely. I don't think they're like these accountants, Stodgy, stiffy, busy. agent types yeah, yeah. either. It's a different, that's why when people go, oh, agent, I go, no, manager. Not that it matters anymore. Right, right. Because everything but... is kind of blurry now, but mm. back in the day, and I hate to be that person, uh, <laughs> but the people that manage. You do have 60s furniture, so yeah, you can yeah, say Yeah, I can back say in back the in the day. But people that do manage, I feel are very creative, you know? I do feel that uh, they're very creative, but when you are in a relationship like that and, and you are the more uh, unstable creative person, I don't know if the word unstable is fair, you know, but the more it's not fair out of the box. You, but it's fair for me. Okay. <laughs> out of the box thinking. I remember one time when I had to showcase to get into the comic strip and I came up at the comedy store here in Los Angeles. So for me, it was like, yay, New York. But for me, it was like, I always say, if you can make people laugh in New York, you can make people laugh anywhere. Because in LA, I was like, "Hi, my name is Felicia Michaels, blah blah blah," right? Because really I was cute. I was twenty years old, right? <laughs> right? And you get to New York, and you're like, "Hi, I'm Felicia Michaels," and they're like, "What is this shit? What is this?" Right? And then you're yeah. and you're like, "Oh shit, I really have to uh, write jokes and yeah. perform." And then I got a chance to showcase at the comic strip and with my, Lucian with. Lucian, that's exactly right. I know, great guy. Mm. And it was during Fleet Week, and my ex-husband had gotten me, I think it was right before we got married, the showcase. And uh, so it's all filled with sailors, and I eat the biggest fucking turd on the planet. I have a total corresponding story to this, go on. And there was a sailor who just did not like me, and he started yelling really aggressive shit out. And... I was supposed to do like 10 minutes, about 35 minutes into my set, uh, that has gone terribly wrong, and I end it with, you fucking rapist, right? And I can see the shadow, like, it's literally like that, right? I can see the shadow of my ex-husband walking out the, of the club, right? And I and inside, I'm like, what are you doing? Just fucking get off stage. Like, he is so embarrassed, but I'm like, you fucking racist motherfucker. Sailor, right? And I and the and I'm and it's embarrassing. It's beyond embarrassing. And uh I got made a regular that night. <laughs> From Lucian. That's amazing. I know. Lucian was so uh, yeah, non Yeah, yeah. Who he passed. Like he yeah. could pass somebody over one joke. Yeah. Like you could bomb for ten minutes, but if you had that one, one joke. joke yeah, I had a showcase for um, somebody at uh, Ruth Ann Secunda. Oh, right, and yeah. She was my agent for a while. Ah. Ah. It was also something that my ex-husband was kind of related in setting up. And then I was stupid enough to try to work on my set with him. Uh-huh. And oh, like yeah. I, I messed up the order. And so, of course, I bombed because, I mean, I had been doing it since I was 17. Uh-huh. So I actually had quite, you know, I was probably had been doing it seven years. Right. Um, but still very, which is still very new for comedy. Uh-huh. Um, but I just like ate it. And and so then it became like our running joke. Like, oh, when I ruined your set for Ruth Ann Secunda. Right. But yeah. The but sometimes trip. they can ruin your set. But then Lucian... Uh, oh, he passed, passed me. You? Oh, yeah. he did. Yeah. Wow. But you said sometimes they can. They because, can yeah. ruin your set because uh, if you're 
uh, to someone's side who is running the business. It could be any business. It just besides show business, but you're seeing how the business really works and you're, and you're seeing why people get picked or not picked. Like you get to see through different glasses, like kind of what happens, you know, like when you're the performer and you don't see that and you don't understand that part of the business, it's, it's a little bit more blissful. It's blissful it's, ignorance. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But when you see why people get picked, why people don't get picked, what truly what your weaknesses is, uh, and you have to understand their weaknesses because you know people, you've seen people not get picked for the same thing. And then you're hearing from someone who's parroting a hundred different voices in comedy why this person sucks, you know. It it puts a lot of pressure on you. And it kills your art. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, I, now that you're saying that, I think, oh, that's why I gave up stand-up comedy. Right. Because I listened to that for, um, well, I guess I'd been with him for about six years. Um, and I just couldn't. And then you're flying in private jets with people who are at the very top of their game. Right. Who are, and you're just like, I'm not, how, what, eh." and you just kind of get in your head about it. Although, I don't know, stand-up comedy, once I became pregnant, Uh like I was literally standing on stage in the middle of a joke, and I took an inhale and went... Turn off your fucking phone. There you go. Jesus Christ, I feel like I'm on a bad date. I go, I don't want to do this anymore. Oh, yeah. Like, just in a second. And I was pregnant. I wasn't talking about it yet. But it was like, I just got too sensitive for the clubs and the thing. Like, you still love playing the clubs, right? Right. I can totally understand what you're saying. My kids are adopted. but from And I did go on the road until uh, my second one came along. Uh, but it... When you have little kids, or I think when you're pregnant, or when you're about to mother, you want to live in a world that has possibilities and hope. You know what I mean? You put yourself in that denial because you're going to fucking need that denial. But when you're a comedian, you're always scanning for the worst behavior or the ugliest piece of morsel you can find to turn into something funny. And it's too hard uh, to balance that because stand-up comedy is very uh dark fucking dark you know you don't seem dark though yeah i know you probably had a lot of therapy (laughs) because you know you see people it's not just you see them but you feel people's energy Uh uh-huh you hang around comedians you feel their. i mean you know look at somebody like really yeah yeah but i mean even someone like greg giraldo or Right. You know, like you'd run into him and you'd just be like, oh my God, I love you so much. And you are so troubled. Right. Like you could just feel it emanating. Yeah. Out of people. And I feel like there's more people like that in comedy. What do you think? I think I'm at the point where I, uh, and we were talking about this earlier, dissociative to that a little bit because (laughs) I hope I'm saying that right because I've been around so many fucked up people in comedy But in my life, and I think I choose comedy because it's a somewhat controlled way to be around fucked up people, you know what I mean? Because that's my comfort zone. Mm -hmm. But I also uh, feel like, you know, everyone, there are people that are going to shoot heroin into their brains and die. That's, yes. that's their path. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Maybe what are you going to do? Life. I uh, There's nothing I can say that's going to help that person. 
nor would that person want to hear it. I mean, if it was someone that I could have effect on, but then what do you do? You still work. You still do your thing. Are you spongy, though? Like, do you pick up other people's energy? Is that too L.A. woo-woo for you? No. I'm a... No, I just like people that are out of the box. I just like people that have a, can have a real conversation, you know? I don't, wanna, I don't want to be around bullshit. Like, it's sometimes hard for me to be one of the moms. I, mean, I don't know about you. Oh. Hanging out with other moms. Because can you it's like, imagine the Malibu moms? Yeah. I mean, you never saw yeah. such a fucking phony bunch of overachieving bitches in your life. I mean, yeah. I just can't. Yeah. I do not know how they're doing it. And they all secretly read my blog. Right. And it's so funny because I find out in ways that they're secretly reading Jeez, it. your blog is fucking awesome. Sometimes I'll make jokes about my ex-husband and then I'll read your blog and I'll be like, oh, I feel sorry for that motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm all like, I'm pretty silent, although I do make some jokes, but they're pretty benign. And then you'll be like... So I'm sucking a guy's dick as I'm fucking, you know what I mean? I'll be like, oh my God. I mean, you get pretty honest there. I do. Yeah. I mean, I went on a tram page too, and I'm not in that space right uh-huh. now, which is so disappointing. Yeah. Because now I'm all, got all sensible, and I got all, I want to love the person, which I was not. I mean, I was like a superhero for a while there. Yeah. I mean, I could fuck anybody and not get attached. I was just yeah. like a guy. I was just yeah. like, we done? Cool. Right. Just awesome. And then it just disappeared. My superpower yeah. disappeared. Yeah. Um, did you start having sex early? Because your act is really sexual. And the funny thing is that my writing has a lot of like, you know, uh-huh. super sexy, explicit stuff in it. Mm-hmm. But as a comic... It was really hard for me to figure out. And that was also one of the things that my ex-husband was always like, you got to have clean material. you got to have that. And he's absolutely right. However, <laughs> however, if that's not your art. Right. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. I don't know how many clean minutes David Tell has. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you kind of... Well, he had enough to do Letterman, right? <laughs> yes, that's right. You only need that three. Two fifty-nine. Hey. That two fifty nine is a hard earned two fifty nine. <laughs> I know. Don't I know it? Have you done Letterman? I have not done Letterman. That's I a, would love it. That's a that's a travesty of justice. Yeah, I was saying once to Tom Rhodes when we lived in New York, he's all pissy because he never got to do Letterman, and uh, and we were like, I'm sure smoking pot on uh, the balcony or whatever. And I was like, you know, Tom Rhodes, <laughs> I can't <laughs> believe I'm saying this. Comics like you and me aren't gonna do Letterman. And he got so offended. Because you have to have it there. It's like the promise of an afterlife is that one day you'll do Letterman. Right. I think that's right. when I gave up comedy. When I really? was like, I'm never going to do Letterman, so I'm not even going to try. I never thought I had a chance. I was just oh, like... I wanted that so bad. Really? I used to watch... And they used to move Letterman around in Australia. Uh-huh. They used to play it at 3 a.m., 4 a.m. I would stay up. Oh, really? This was in the olden times. Wow. And I would stay up because I would just be like, oh my God, I wanted to do it so badly. I yeah. wanted to be a comic on Letterman. How old were you when you started stand-up? Well, I came to stand-up when I was, uh, after turning 18, I was married when I was 18 and uh, to a, a young soldier. And uh, that relationship did not last. He uh, was a little violent, so I left and really had nowhere to go. And so I uh, went and 
did stripping. I did like an amateur night stripping. And on that night that I did uh, stripping, I met a comedian. And then we started dating. And so I was a stripper. And then about six months into dating the comedian, he had taken me to the Comedy Works in uh, Denver, uh, Colorado. And this is 1984. And you still lived in Kansas then? No, this is Colorado. You lived in Colorado. Colorado. In Colorado Springs. And uh, we went and saw some comedy and he was going to do a show and there was a girl on the show at the comedy works and the comedy works i'm sure just had opened that's how long ago it was and she was bombing and i had i'm sure was drunky or something and and i was all like gosh she's terrible and he was like your comedy's hard you know what i mean you don't understand and i was like well fuck i could do that i could bomb like that who can't bomb like that and and he was like i bet you like a million blowjobs or some crazy bet and i was like fuck it i'm gonna try it you know i'm showing my tits already i'm showing my tits so I'm going to try it. How much more could you explain? Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, how, what is it going to hurt my feelings? You know, like, so what? So, uh, I said with my leather jacket that had like fringes on it, I'm sure. (laughs) With my big bangs. And (laughs) (laughs) the original big bang theory. Yes, that's right. So, uh, and then I tried it. And the first time I ever tried it, it was on a Monday night at a rock and roll club in Colorado Springs that did comedy. <clears throat> and I fucking killed. Wow, right I, off the bat. Right off the bat. Yeah. And, uh, and that's how I got hooked. And, but then I couldn't buy a laugh for like a year after that. I, so, <laughs> I bombed for like a year way? or two after that, yeah. You just, it's that ignorance is bliss thing again. Right. Like you start you, and you're yeah. just like, oh, I rock at this. Right. I am the best. And you start calling yourself, like people call you a comedian right off the bat. Right, and you're just right. like, oh, and then you have to go back in and kind of dismantle the whole thing right. and put it all back together again. And, and then... 20 years pass yeah. and you still haven't done Letterman. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't bother me at all. Um, oh, but that's, that's good. Are you one to compare yourself to other people? Like when someone else gets something like, there was someone recently I, that got something and I thought of you and I thought, I wonder if Felicia was up for that. Like she should have done I that. Know. I, when I was uh, in my 20s and early 30s, I... I had a lot of envy in my career. I had a lot of envy, but the thing is I got a lot of things fast, but I had envy over, uh, I had a lot of doubt because quite frankly, the reason I got a lot of things fast was because of how I looked. Me too. And, uh, Me too. I was on TV as a comic when I was 19 doing, doing stand up about being a model. Oh, right. she's a model and a comic. And I had no idea at the time how many people I'd leapfrogged over. Right. But you didn't want win Star Search because you were pretty. You won it because you were funny. No, I won it because I, that's a whole nother story. But I, when I got things, because people had said to me so many times, uh, you got this because of how you look and not through true merit, whether they said it blatantly to my face or whispers I heard or me projecting that onto people because that's how I felt about it that I realized I am getting this not necessarily based on my comedy chops but how I look and uh and I was very dirty from the beginning you know because here I was a 19 year old girl doing comedy with 35 year old men 
You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. To an audience that is 25 to 45, to that age range, what do I have in common as a 19-year-old girl talking to this audience? What what thing, you know what I mean? And that would be, we all have sex. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I'm going to talk about sex. Because I wasn't, I didn't go to college, I didn't, you know, you're 19, you don't have any grand fucking ideas, you know what I mean? So... Uh, that's how I kind of got pigeonholed. And I, because I got made a regular right away at the comedy store when I came to L.A., uh, that was a rock and roll kind of atmosphere. That was the time of Kinnison. You know what I mean? That was a really amazing time in comedy. It was I, the golden age. It was literally the golden age of comedy at, at its height. It really was. Who else was coming up with you? Was this the, the time when, like, just... just Tell me the names, because I kind of know well, that time, but I wasn't there. It's hard to say, because um, at the time, like, I didn't, when I got made a regular at the comedy store, I had spots probably four nights out of the week. So I didn't go around and do a lot of open mics. So I I only knew comedy store comics, and I was one of the very few that got picked that was that age, like... Uh, and, and because I came in so early um, doing comedy that when the younger people that did get in, they would still be five to six years older than me. Right. You know, because I came in so, at that time, there were no women. You know, it's probably a good decade before you started doing it. You know, there were no women. I guess. There, there were, but there weren't. They were, like now, there's so many women doing comedy and it's just like... <laughs> But why are you rolling your eyes? Aren't you happy more women are doing? Comedy? I'm happy more women are doing um, comedy, those but they're not. Get your jokes. No, no, no. They're not. Some of them that are doing it aren't really comedians. Oh yeah, you know just what I mean. But then that's me. That's me judging because maybe that's what people thought of me too. So. But back then it wasn't the same dynamic. But right now there are so many co- comics who are not comics. They're doing comedy, but they're just doing it because right. their agent told them it was a right. better way to get seen for blah blah blah, which right. I just think is contemptible. Right. I mean, I must just be old school in that way because a comic is a thing. It's in your blood. Oh, you can smell one a mile away. And people yeah. stick, you know, and it's so it's like being a felon. Yeah. It's like you're tarred with that brush forever. Yeah. I mean, I still, when I meet people, they go, oh, she's a comedian. Yeah. I haven't done stand-up comedy in pro- properly in 11 years. Really? Yes, I've done the occasional thing, which I see as a relapse. Because yeah. I go, <laughs> and then I go, oh, I remember why I shouldn't do this. Um, but still, people call uh-huh. me a comedian. Because it's like a personality type, I guess. But do, do you hate when people do that? When people go, oh, she's a comic. I mean, if they don't right. know you. Uh, do you feel like you have to be funny or no? Oh, I don't care. I don't care. I mean, honestly, at this point, I don't care. How old were you when you started having sex? Uh, when I started having sex? That's a good segue. <laughs> I was about 17. 17? Yeah. yeah. That's kind of late. Yeah. Early to comedy, late to sex. Yeah. Although I don't but, think of it late now that I'm right. a mother. I mean, that's full on intercourse. Oh, you so you're blowing I mean? people at 10? Is that what you're telling no, me? No, not till at least 11. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> not till about 16 or so. 15, 16. 15, 16. Yeah. 15, 16. Yeah, there was yeah. no way. The minute I 
I mean, there was no way that I was just going to do like one bass, the other bass. Like the minute I kissed anyone, basically it was going yeah. all the way. I yeah. mean, were you always like super horny or not really? Yeah, because I, when I was a kid, I found my dad's Playboy stash and I used to read them and... Uh, Masturbate. My, uh, not masturbate, but my vagina would twitch and I liked reading them a lot. Uh-huh. <laughs> and True Detective magazine. I used to read, they had in a box like Playboys and True Detective magazine. Uh, and uh, and all the other kids wanted to play tag and I wanted to play fucking, you know. Twitch the vagina? Six, sexy bride and strangler. You know what I mean? Like I was like, I was literally. I dated him. Oh, really? I was literally. A twisted little chick. Like, I remember when I was around 12, I just wrote about this in something where I was around 12, and my mom and me were, oh, oh that's my dog barking. Never. My mom, when I was 12, my mom and I were in a, someone's car, and we were driving by the Peppermint Lounge, which is a place I inadvertently ended up stripping the first time and i remember as we were driving by some bikers like peeled out of there and there was like strippers and you know what i mean their chicks were strippers there. it was like a hardcore strip place and i remember thinking at the age of 12 with a little bow in my hair like oh man i want to be that chick you know what i mean like i was just this dark little chick you know yeah yeah i found it very like when i did stripping i was there were moments, I mean, it's a job, but there are moments where it's a, it's uh if you're a it girl, no, it, but it's a different, it's a weirdness because when I stripped the first time and it was the first time in my entire life that I had a group of men's attention, oh, that's fucking intoxicating. That's the intoxicating that's in, part. Yeah, that's, that's intoxicating. And, and did it translate to God? I want to fuck all these guys. No, but it but it was definitely like I enjoy feeling powerful over you. And the thing is, as you age as a woman, that's the trap. Then you have to grow. You know what I mean? You have to grow up, and you have to understand. Like you know, what's even more intoxicating than enticing someone with my sexuality? Fucking enticing them with a thought. That's the, you know, that's the biggest turn on on the planet. True. You know? And then how about as you get older, hopefully the focus moves more inward and it's not about getting somebody else's attention. It's about getting my own attention. Like that's what I've been working on for like two years is just not being so into, you know, what does he think of me? What is he, is he, does he think I'm funny? And he can be anyone. He can be that 20 year old dickhead who's making my coffee. Right. Or, you know, this 50 year old guy in the whatever, who's like, you know, they see something, I don't know what they're looking at, but they're not seeing me. Yeah. They're seeing a thing that they want to do things with that thing. Right. And then making it not about that and just making it about, well, how do I feel about myself? Right. That's what's important. Yeah. And I don't need to take my clothes off to get my attention. And I don't need to, you know, entice myself with a thought. Like, I can just be okay with my own soul light. It's kind of deep. Right. But it's a, that's a, because for me, the other way was just too painful. Yeah. That equals, so you just don't give a shit what people think. 
<laughs> that equals that. <laughs> Bingo. But 40 years right. to get to that point. Well, it's, you know, I uh, was just talking to someone about this. My father, whom I wasn't really raised with and I didn't speak to for seven years because he was a questionable character sometimes. But uh, we had this epiphany in my whole entire family and we all... Uh, really get along now and my dad's like 72 and I have the most amazing relationship with my father and it's because when you age you start understanding yeah oh my dad might be 72 but he's still here learning lessons he's still figuring it out too you know and they soften yeah like yeah. my my dad when I talk to him now on speaker and my nine-year-old's listening, and he's like, please kiss your children for me, and kisses for you, and I love you, and send my love to your children. And I yeah. hang up, I go, wasn't like that when I was growing up. Yeah. I mean, the man never said I love you till I was right. 21, and I right. called him and said, say it now. Right. <laughs> like, I made him say it yeah. after I did a course, like a self-improvement kind of whatever uh-huh. um, course in New York. And he was like, I don't want to say it. You know. You know I love you. Just fucking say it, motherfucker. Just yeah. say it. What's it going to cost you? Yeah. Um, and then now, suddenly, you know, in his 60s, then they become Mr. Warm and Fuzzy. You're just right. like, where was that guy when I was growing up? Well, you have to uh, understand that parents are growing too, you know? I don't know where that came from, but there you go. But it's but that's, very, that's actually very deep. And then uh, you get to that point where you don't give a shit what people think let's say. Uh-huh. But it seems like dads don't have that mechanism. They're just born with that. Like they don't get, you know, it's like why 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 were our parents not as concerned with what damage they were doing to us as we're concerned about doing to our because kids? Because they were just trying to put food on the table. You know, they had no benefit of uh being diagnosed with something, yeah. you know what I mean, or or medications, or yeah. is so comforting. I, it? it is. I I I think so. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. So um, you, uh, is it fair to say that you hate being a mom as much as you love being a mom? Oh, I love being a mom. I love I'm being a mom. you just also kind of hate it. Um, sometimes I hate the bullshit. You know, but I don't ever hate being a mom. You know, I never, you know, pull my hair out like, yeah, well, they're fine. I do sometimes for effect in front of them a little bit, you know, and then they go, you're scaring me because I want to scare you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but now you have teenagers, two teenagers. teenagers now, yeah. Yeah. Good Lord. Yeah. I mean, you talk about it in your act, which is fucking hilarious, by I the do way. talk a little bit about it, yeah, in my act. Um, it's interesting, you know. It's interesting. It makes me see men different because I have two boys. Yeah, I also have two boys, and it really does make right. you see men differently. Yeah. You're just like, oh, they're just like fragile little things. And yeah. They don't know what the fuck they're yeah. doing, and they're kind of a little bit terrified of girls in a way, and then they're trying oh, to figure really? out, like... Well, one is. Yeah. But it's almost like they're trying to figure out their way with girls, even my kids at this little young uh-huh. age. And I think, oh, they're just trying to find their way. Because sometimes, yeah. I don't know, I, I think I'm, so I've just been like a slave to my own vagina, basically. Yeah. It's just like, oh, we're going this way. Okay. Like there's no... Right. Uh, 
reason that's being added to it. And so when I and then I paint them as like this big powerful thing with a dick, you know, that I that I need or something. Uh-huh. You don't have that. You don't seem like you're running around crazy. No, I, when I first got divorced, um, I had some fun. You had. Your- <laughs> I had some you fun, had- bitch. Oh my god, I had some fun. You had your tramp age. I had my tramp age. Yeah, I'm actually coming out of it now. I uh, they and wait, it's been you. You've had like seven. It's been what seven, seven years? years? Yeah, I'm just. I would say about a year ago, I kind of started coming out to with it because when I first got divorced I went through this thing where I was like if I'm with someone over three months what are your intentions what do you want to do where do you see this going I can't bring you around my children unless this is serious Mm -hmm. and then I got a a guy I got engaged for a while because I was because he wanted to hang out and I was like no I'm not bringing anyone around my my kids aren't going to have 163 uncles you know what I mean like I get through that I, you know what I mean? Yes. But then, I do know what you mean. Believe but, me. But then, I and I didn't, when the, I first dated for two years, I, they didn't know it was going down. I was very covert about it. And uh, and then finally I met someone. I was like, all right, I'm going to tell these guys. And I said to them, I have a date tonight. And my oldest son, he was probably eight at the time, he came and gave me this big bear hug. And the bear hug translated to me as like, thank God you're not a loser. Because <laughs> they were like, because their father had already gotten married, had just gotten married, you know. And yeah. and I was just like, you know, I didn't want to bring anyone around my kids, you know. Yeah. It's like mommy was getting, mommy was getting laid. Don't worry, sweetie. She just didn't want to bring your, you into it yeah. because we don't want to mm. damage you. So then... Uh, I just had, I did date, you know, and I had a good date. time. I did I date. I love that American euphemism. Date. Yeah, date. what do you guys call it? Fucking. Oh, really? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> that's what I call it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess there's dating. They kind of like interview too. Like I have a friend right now who, he's just a friend, but we've hooked up a couple of times in the past, whatever. And my kids actually have met him because he's a friend. So he doesn't count in that zone of like, uh-huh. I can't introduce you. And they'll be like, so, um... Does he drink? Like, does he smoke? Like, they're interviewing him to see. It's like, he's not my boyfriend. Like, you don't, you right. guys don't have, because boys have that funny little protective energy over mom, too. Yeah. Well, my boys are different. I remember when, <laughs> what is that game that they uh, play where you're like, uh, you know. You, truth or dare? It's like truth or dare, but it's about someone you would have sex with. Oh. A gun to the head. Oh. So, so it'd be like, okay, mom. <laughs> Santa Claus, Jay Leno, or Gun to the Head? I'd be like, Gun to the Head, motherfuckers. <laughs> no, I wouldn't say that, but I'd be like, Gun to the Head. <laughs> no, I'd be like, Bullet, uh, Bullet, please. Yeah, but is it Bullet to the Head or Gun to the Head? It's something know. like that. But they would do. For, they had this Actually, period. Santa, I could probably get behind a right. Santa thing. Behind, but, get yeah. it? Yeah. But they had this period for about a year and a half where they were very curious about what what I guess what my thing was you know what I mean how old were they when you were playing gun to the head with them I'm not I'm they not saw yet. it they really <laughs> with my kids oh they my kids saw are so it. inappropriate though oh my they, God. they saw it somewhere on some tv show and they just so they would that's how it came to be they might have been eight or nine at the time I think do you think people have to go through terrible things to be funny like Jay Leno I read Jay's book years ago and he said the worst thing that ever happened in his childhood was that he was pouring out ketchup onto a burger that his mom had made him and 
he forgot to shake the ketchup, so it came out with this like runny. The water part. The water part. Uh-huh. And he literally, when he looks back at his childhood, that's the worst moment of his childhood. I mean, I know it's a joke. Right. But he's saying he really had not, you know, he didn't have big adversity or he didn't. Right. I think there's different types of comics. And uh, uh, and I think the types of comics who have a big, who have a lot of the uh, challenges, uh, you know, he's not part of that group. There are other comics that are, and not saying he's less funny or funny because comedy is subjective. Right. What I'm attracted to is people that have the comedy that comes out of broken past. Like I'm attracted to that. That's what makes me laugh. But people that love Jay Leno have, you know, identify with Jay Leno probably because they grew up in that, you know, the same way that he did and, right. and did have, uh, somewhat idyllic lives you know everyone has diversity in their own se- or not diversity but everyone has challenges in their own way but you know so I think that's his crowd you know do you still date dark people like people who have are you still the girl that wants to be in the back of the motorbike with the oh yeah for sure yeah yeah and do you date a lot of comics no 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 although when I was younger people used to say I fucked everybody but I mainly only fuck two <laughs> you know what I mean oh well, that yeah. was the limit yeah. no that was yeah, always can, what I was yeah. told but then I you fucked two fuck in Melbourne two. two in Sydney yeah, well, two you in re- New York two in Canada that and then all I got married. adds up yeah it still counts Still no, counts. it doesn't. Yes, it's a different does. continent. <laughs> no, it does. It's a different hemisphere. It does. You it fucking count. own it. You got to own your shit. That's some. Oh, I thought I you were trying to be more shit. honest with yourself. I thought you were, well, let's fucking call it like it is, sister. You fucking were fucking comedy when you're, fucker. When you're 18 years old or 19 years still old, still count. I didn't fuck no comics. With, oh, that's three. Then I got to count that guy. That's three. <laughs> Plus, when you were a stripper and you dated that comic, who? who no, was that's your, what I'm saying. That he's the third. He's actually the first. one. Is he still doing it? Are you he, in touch with him or not? Uh, not really. I mean, I saw him about two years ago. He ended up, you know how some comedians that start off in comedy but then end up in a business capacity, you know. So he's in the business. I think he's in the in the business in some fashion, yeah. In some capacity, I don't know. Or was in for a while and then got out. He's more business oriented. So you're you don't so you don't have a depressive personality? I don't think so. But well, I think you'd know. No, I don't. I do not have a depressive personality. But if I get bummed out, it goes deep. But it only lasts for like a day. But it goes really deep. But it's very rarely happens. And then what do you do? Like, how do you get yourself out of it? Movement. Get exercise. Not necessarily exercise. Just get up and go do something. Do a walk. Go for a walk. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Because it seems like everybody and their dog is on medicine. Well, I grew up with uh, someone who had mental illness and was handicapped. So, uh, and my brother was also had mental issues. So you've been surrounded by mentally yes. ill people your whole life. Yes, I. That's how I grew up. Yeah. You lucky duck. Yeah. Is that why you're kind of like caretakery? Um, I grew up as my mother's caretaker when because she was handicapped. Absolutely. Yeah. Is she still around? No, she passed away. Was it horrible? It was terrible. That's apparently just the worst thing. Yeah. Losing your mom? Yes. I I have no memory of my mother not being ill, ever. And, and, you know, she she had uh, 
mental issues, and sometimes she was not herself. <laughs> like somebody else, like a multiple personality. Yeah, sometimes Holy she was shit. not herself. Yeah, that's very frightening yeah. for a child. Y- yes, in so some d- ways, it was confusing. It was confusing because it, it 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 didn't make sense. But it was just how it was. It didn't happen often, but when it did happen, it was confusing. But some people could like as you that. slowly back out of the room. <laughs> I am confused, but escape, escape. <laughs> back away slowly. Oh, I, know, I know, mommy. <laughs> what happened to mommy? Oh, I, know. I think my kids feel like that sometimes with me. Like, really? What happened to mommy? Yeah, I do. I mean, I'm not. I'm not ter- the worst ragey person because I've, I've, I mean, I've seen people like lose their shit. Yeah. But it's like you said in your act, like you're not allowed to lose your shit anymore. You're not allowed to lose your shit anymore. Yeah. Remember when you could lose your shit, how beautiful it would feel just to lose your shit, right? Throw some shit. Yeah. Just, yeah. Stab a piece of fruit. Yeah. Just lose your shit. But people don't want you to lose your shit anymore. No. You're supposed to be all We're supposed to bottle it up. All the time. And then people wonder why people explode. I lose my shit with my kids sometimes. I think that's pretty, but I think it's pretty normal, you know? I think what's not normal is how upset I get about it afterwards. Like, I just cannot let it go. I can't just be like, okay. Well, I mean, I apologize. Because you know you're fucking them up. (laughs) That's why. That's what eats at you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm at the point now where I'm like, well, you're just who you're going to be, so (laughs) fuck it. (laughs) Well, because if they were a turkey, they'd be basically cooked. Right. I mean, they're yeah. done. Yeah, yeah. You know, they have their little personalities already. And yeah. And they're teenagers. It's yeah. like, I only got a little window to, like, turn it all around, I feel like. You have a more than a little window to turn it all around. And they know. They, you know, your kids just want you to be happy, you know? And I think, I have a friend who, when she told me, when she went through her divorce, she pretended like nothing was wrong. Oh, that's not good. And and it scared her kids because you can always tell that something's up, even if someone's pretending and uh, that everything's okay. And that, I think that's more crazy-making to a child. I agree, 100%. Because you don't feel like you don't know what's going on. Like it's re- And it's really hard uh, because of the way I grew up. I want to be around people where I fucking know. Are you and me straight? Totally. I can't be around people that are giving you lip service and you know something's up. It's like I can't, I can't do. That's how I grew up. You can't martyr on me because I, you're dead to me if you go martyry. You know what I mean? Totally. I would rather you say an uncomfortable thing to me for thirty seconds and then we just move on. Right. Because I don't I can't What is with the LA moms? Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's why you can't make a friend. Yeah, it's hard. Because they're just so weird. It's like doesn't it take so much energy to hold that big phony personality out in front of yourself? Isn't it hard enough just being you, the real you, yeah. without having this whole other thing? And then I don't understand these people. Yeah. I, I'm the same way. I can't have it. I cannot have it. Why can't you just, why can't people just be straight? Yeah. I mean, are they being straight with their kids or are they all walking around being Pollyanna with their kids too? Because I, I will know. tell you, yeah. I know so many people, and this is what happens when you live in a small town, which Malibu essentially is, who are 
this one's fucking that one, that one fucked this one, this, these two, this is just a business arrangement, that's not even a real marriage, these ones haven't fucked in three years because people tell me things because of my right. writing and because people have always told me things because I'm then, clearly going to be more fucked up than you, number one. Yeah. Number two, I'm not judgmental. So, But I think, can these kids like sense this stuff that's going on or are they buying the facade I must I mean they must be able to sense who their parents really are underneath all that stuff I mean they're so phony baloney I just can't stand it yeah it's I think uh and your kids go to a private school my kids go to a private school even more phony Uh, those parents are you know what but they their school that they go to it is a private school and I'm very fortunate that they go to a private school uh of this magnitude but it's it's not as bad as it could be with that. Uh, but it's, but who, who are we to judge other oh, people? Oh, we can judge. I know, but <laughs> this is the point I want to make. Who are we to judge that it's, if two people are in a marriage and it really is a business arrangement and they're both happy, who am I to judge on that? You know what I mean? Like that's, that's, they found their partner. That's how it is. If two people are together and they're fucking everyone behind each other's back, who am I to judge on that? Maybe that they found their true partner. You know what I mean? You know, like I, I feel I'm on the other end of, of shit right now with what a true relationship is. Because after I got divorced, you know, I was engaged for a while and then I dated someone and then... And then uh, you fucked 27-year-old guys who lived at home. Uh, oh, that was me. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I didn't do that. I'm not a cougar. I, I couldn't do that. Really? No, because I... You I, didn't even go through a phase? I well, tell you, it's a fun phase. I know. I was about to go through that phase in the very beginning of being separated, and then I was oh doing it with my God. girlfriend, who was... half a block from I know, here. I know. T- 30,000 Dude, times. when I'm online, I'll do online oh. dating, and I'll say no one under the age of 48. I don't I don't even give a shit. I don't want to be with you if you're under the I age of 48. I don't want anyone over 48. Really? Yeah, oh, funny. my God. Because I was married to an Alta cucker. You know what an Alta cucker is? Uh, it's like Yiddish a, for old person. Yeah, but he was like a... 15 years older than me. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So I'm just like 34 to 48. That's it. Really? Yeah, but I won't do in their twenties anymore. So, are you online dating right now? Um, yes, I am. Because I was dating someone, and then we broke up. And I broke up with him in the summer, or we broke up, I should say, in the summer. And so you say no one under forty, and you still get? Hey. <clears throat> oh, I still get people like twenty-eight, like hey girl. It's like... <laughs> Now. Let me text you my dick and maybe you'll change your mind. Dude, I'm so bad at I'm actually an excellent online dater, right? I have it down, sister. And I'll and I'll lie about my age in the search engine and then the, and then I'll say, Hey, I'm I'm not even that age. I don't even give a fuck. You know what I mean? But I like old dudes. Well, you, you know? That, but you don't look that age anyway. Right, right. What do you lie to say you're older? No, I say to younger so that, because guys will be like, I want to be with someone between the age of 32 and 46, you know what I mean? Like, I'm a little bit older than, I don't want to, you know, so I'll be like. There's no way on God's earth that anyone would say that you look over 46, you look like you're in your 30s. Oh, you're you're so sweet. I'm not being sweet. Wow, wow. Seriously. 
Anyway. We look good. I'm going to high five right yeah, now. I'm going to put myself in that category. Someone said to me, how is it that you look so good? And it's like, well, when I was 18, I was hanging out with a bunch of comics, smoking pot inside where it was shady. <laughs> you know, I wasn't by the pool, fucking drinking whiskey, smoking cigs. <laughs> me too. Me too. That's why. That must be yeah. why I look good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I never went outside. Yeah, me either. Well, you were red hair. We're both pretty fair. Yes. No, I don't like the sun. I don't like to be in the sun. Yeah. That's the worst thing about the kids' sports. Like my kids do. Do your kids do a lot of sports? They did in the beginning. My I have a, now I have a skateboarder, unfortunately. Oh, I they, mine love that too. Yeah, yeah. What skate park do you go to? I'll meet you there. Uh, well, the, he does it like he's a lot older, so he does it. You know, you don't want to. I take ooh. my kids to Venice Skate Park. Oh yeah, better keep your eye on them, kids. I know there's a lot of weed there too. Yeah. Oh yeah. I don't like that when they blow it on uh, my kids. But we yeah. were talking about the. I, I want to talk about online the, dating. Seeing as this is the MILF code, right, and the whole MILF thing, uh huh. I mean, do you you don't think about that, right? You don't get up in the morning and look in the mirror and go, oh, "Yeah, I'm a MILF." I mean, you called your album MILF and Cookies, right? Tell me about how you thought of that. It's so funny. Oh, actually, um, it just kind of came up because uh, you noticed the way that your son's friends were looking at you no it was some uh like the record guy said it or something or i don't know it just kind of came and i was like yeah that sounds good to me i don't give a shit <laughs> i don't mean like i was like sure why not let's do it but we should i feel like we should own that as like a as a thing like take that for ourselves uh-huh like take it back from the whole porn you know uh objectifying male gaze thing and just uh-huh. take it to us yeah i am a fucking milf that's right because i'm a mom i'd like to fuck Right. Like, I want to be the kind of mom I'd like to fuck. That's my whole right. thing with it. Wow, you're a little fucked up, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's fucked up. <laughs> I think that's empowering. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. You're not empowered by the MILF thing? I don't care uh, necessarily uh, about it. I mean, I think, um, I guess, in a sense, it's what you're saying, that if you feel empowered... As a full-grown woman and still sexual and and still, still? cute, still sexual. How about so much more? Still sexual and uh, uh, curious about the the world around you. You know, like yeah. I feel like I've I've moved past it because I was in a sexless marriage for a long time. So five I, years, no sex. So five years, we didn't have sex. We were together for almost fifteen, and um, and we didn't have a great sex life it was definitely that's why i say i give a people a pass whose marriage is a business arrangement because that's okay when i got married i got married because i thought here's a guy who will make something out of himself that's i want to be with because i want to make something out of myself and i want to have a successful life and so i don't think there's anything wrong with that you know uh and after i got out from under that i was pretty I'm a pretty sexual being. I really had a lot of fun. But I feel like I'm on the other end of it now where I want kindness to return to it. But but kindness is sexy by the yeah. way. Kindness is hot. I mean, I I don't think that you can be a full-grown woman and at a certain point not think, "Oh, I can't be treated like that." Oh, yeah, for like, sure. No matter how hot yeah. the sex is. Yeah. I'm sorry you just can't treat me that yeah. way. Yeah. But yeah, we didn't have sex for like two weeks and I broke up with him. 
<laughs> what, your marriage? Are you serious? Yeah, to yeah. me that was a sexless marriage, was like once every two weeks. Oh, like, really? That's not often enough. You know, you turn 35 and something happens. And then they talk about, like, I'm just getting hornier and hornier. Are you not? Well, I was always pretty horny. <laughs> so <it hasn't>... so <laughs> the... People love each other for different reasons. And, and, you know, when you're in your 20s and 30s, you don't know what is normal sex. Who's having normal sex? Right. You know, what is the, you know, and some people aren't, aren't sexual. Exactly. Some people really love sex. And some people like it. It's nice when it happens, but they're not driven by it. Right. And if you're in a marriage where that is uneven, then it's a problem. When I was in my early 20s, I was in a relationship where I was not the sexual person because maybe I wasn't sexual, didn't feel desire for that person. Yeah. And And so I didn't, I always felt put on spot about sex so then when I was married and uh, it became apparent that my sexual needs were more than his sexual wants I had a lot of empathy for that without it hurting my feelings because it was like you're so sane no I don't think so I was kept myself in a sexless marriage for you know a long time so maybe you have your problem is too much empathy I have because you were like, oh, I can get how he feels. I, I totally, was like, I gotta get laid. Yeah, no, I had trust me, I had those fucking thoughts too. But I bet. but when you have a family and you have kids and and, yeah. and and you struggle with understanding, am I really gonna ruin my kid's life because I just want to fuck? You know what I mean? That's what you're. That's what you're saying. Boy, that's is what that you're saying. Not just the million dollar and, question. And then that, how low does that make you feel as a mother, mother and as a woman? And it's not a put down to the person in the relationship that isn't as sexual. Maybe that person isn't as sexual because he's fucking working his ass off because he's got kids at home. He's scared. You know what I mean? Like there's so much shit and angles to why a relationship is sexual or not sexual. And I'm astounded. uh, And I have even friends who are in 30 year marriages and are still sexual. And to me, that's like, how does that happen? You oh, know you what think I mean? that's yeah. like the anomaly? I think that's like, wow, that's so amazing that happens. I don't know if I could do that, you know? That you would still be hot for somebody after that long? If I was with this person I knew since I'm fucking 19 years old. Let me scratch glass. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, my you parents know? are still doing it. Yeah. 41 years. Wow. But I believe in like polyamory, like open relationships. Yeah. As I get older, I could totally see being in a relationship like that as I get older. Right? Isn't that weird? It, I think it's yeah. weird too that, that because when I was younger, it was just like, bitch, don't even look at him. I will cut you. And then as I got older, I was kind of like, I mean, by the end of my marriage, I was like, why don't you go fuck somebody? Get, get, your, yeah. get your shit going. Yeah. And he was just like, no, I love you. I was just like, oh, God. (laughs) I can't believe he just did his voice. (laughs) Me neither. Is that not respectful? Is this one of the things I should edit out? No. I think how you know that you have to get out of a marriage is, as a stand-up comic, when you can do the same act 
but then all you have to do is change it to ex-husband and it's still the same act like they're the same jokes right i had a friend in sydney who had a husband and she literally did exactly the same act that she'd been doing right ragging on her husband but it just became ragging on her ex-husband right for me because i had stopped doing comedy for nine years altogether and was very surprised when i yearned to do it again but for me when i went back to it i didn't do the same jokes because i wasn't the same person and you have to have believability in what you're saying so for for me, I wasn't able to do that. I had to write a new act. Yeah, your to- your persona, because yeah. I watched some of your stuff online, and your st- earlier stuff is so different to your then, stuff yeah, now. Yeah, because you grow as a person. Yeah. Yeah. You're making me want to do stand-up comedy again. Yeah. That's no dangerous. No one can make you want to do it. You just got to fucking do it, you lazy bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to call it like it is. Oh, like laziness. Do you really think that? Do you really think I, think, I should go do it? I think... I th- I think you should do whatever drives you. If it if you want to do it, then do it. If you don't want to do it, then don't do I don't it. I want to hang out at midnight at the fucking comedy then store waiting to get my three minutes. Oh really? Because I, I do want to be on. I stage. don't mind doing it. <laughs> you don't mind that. I don't mind that. Yeah. Well, that's how you know. Sometimes it's annoying, but I mean, you do it. You know, Lori Kilmartin. Love. She's writes on Conan. She just did a special. She's you know what I mean. Is an amazing amazing comedian and has a kid single mom doing it on her own and she goes to open mics and fucking burbank you know, you what, know I mean? what i knew her i knew i've known laurie Kilman yeah. for 17 years yeah. because when we bro- first got to new york we both did the same lower east side venues right and even then she, I, her work ethic was so far ahead of anything right. that I was going to muster. That's why she's working on Conan. That's why she was. <laughs> and I'm living in my ex husband's garage. Right. There you go. There you go. There you go. So I figure it out. <laughs> figure it out. I may kill myself after this. Interview. You won't kill yourself, please. Please. Just do it if you want to do it. But if you don't want to do it, that's okay, too. Felicia, I need you in my life. (laughs) Felicia Michaels, trailblazer, potty mouth, reformed Midwestern MILF Uh with an L.A. twist. Thank you for talking to me today. You're welcome. Like what you just heard? Subscribe to the MILF Code on iTunes and hear lots of fun, real, sexy talk with me, Susanna Brisk. Enjoy. Enjoy.